This is BetaHouse.life, the podcast that empowers you to live in beta. Waiting for the perfect is often the enemy of the good or even the great. So listen in, get inspired, and let these curated stories encourage you to take your next step. I'm Elizabeth. I'm Benjamin. Welcome Welcome to to BetaHouse.life. We're recording two 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 shows in one there you go you know with this so whatever format you enjoy the most we are here for you yeah if you want to watch us on youtube and get to see our faces and see where we are yes that is there and then also you know with the podcast where most podcasts are found yeah you can put us in your ears while you commute Mm -hmm. or put us on your car speakers while you're on your way from a to b and we uh, we're happy to take the journey with you yep and we will always be ki- like friendly so that if you are like listening to pick up your kids, like you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about yeah. us. We're, we're, we're cool. So right? yeah, just, it may not be interesting to a five-year-old, no. but yeah. We will not offend anyone's sensibilities at yeah. that point. So yeah. just putting that out there yeah. right now, early in this, you know, show so that people will know what we are and who we are. So if you want to talk about entrepreneurial things with your children, by all means, hey, go for it. Hey, get them involved early. Yep. We got Jeremiah. I w- I'm not going to do spoilers. <laughs> I, that is on one of our talking points later. We will get is to about that. Melwood. Yeah. So I will. Well, talk and about that, that. We, the, and we've had our children involved from very early ages. Yeah. So, so we'll get there. Um, the whole point of this episode, we're going to be telling the story of Beta House, and yeah. in doing that, it's going to be a lot of our history because you know this. We've put a lot of ourselves into this, and you mm-hmm. kind of need to know where we're coming from right. to understand how this whole thing came together. And I could start all the way back when we were born in 1978, but I think that's a little more 11 of a deep days dive apart. than we needed. 11 days apart. We'll just move on from that point <laughs> uh, and skip ahead a bit, you know. <laughs> the number of the counting shall be three. That's yeah. right. Yeah, skip a bit. Uh, we'll go on to... When we met, because we met in 1996, the world was a little bit different. But Way it was different. The kids, literal, if you're listening, ask your parents how 1996 was different. Yeah, uh, the literal first day of college, yeah. we met. Same freshman in orientation yeah. group. And within two weeks, we were dating. Yep, we're one of those stories that you know met at the very beginning of college, mm-hmm. and then we're together and pack you know, of Pringles and a. Peanut butter and jelly picnic. and because yep, that's what we could afford. Yep, that's where we started. And uh, that was life. I yeah. mean, it was. We just went through. We did Poor college, college together. Students. Yeah, <laughs> we got to enjoy that when, like, you're all excited to have $5 because, like, I can go. And, again, 1996 snap, money in Bell eastern tonight. Tennessee. Like, we could go to Wendy's and get a full value meal. Or Taco Bell and find out they're out of meat. Yeah, that, that happened there. <laughs> Don't know Shut how up. you're out of all meat, but the Elizabethan, like, Tennessee, Taco Bell could do it. Yep. So. It's like having Dairy Queen and no ice cream. No ice cream. Yeah, like, why are you why open? Are you, why do you exist? Why are you open? Uh, so, but we were in school in eastern Tennessee. That mm-hmm. was not home, though, for either no. of us. We are both from Kentucky. Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I lived in Owensboro, Louisville, and Lexington, which, for those of you not familiar with Kentucky geography, which I'm going to guess is the bulk of the people listening to this. Those are the three biggest cities in Kentucky. And how do you pronounce the capital of Kentucky? Frankfurt. That's right. Um, and Frankfurt's between Louisville, Louisville and, and Lexington. Lexington. Uh, but it's not Louisville. Like it's not Louisville. Huge like population difference though between oh, yeah. Louisville and Owensboro. Like right. Owensboro is like the te- less than a tenth 
the mm-hmm. size of Louisville. I mean, it's right. smaller than that. So that kind of gives you And Louisville's some a third scale. of the size-ish of San Diego. Yeah. So that kind of gives you some scale there for how quickly the population kind of drops off. Mm-hmm. Um, but I grew up in all of those. You, though, pretty much were in Louisville the whole time and suburbs. Except, well, yeah, Louisville, but we also, uh, for most of my elementary career, uh, we did move across the river to New Albany, mm-hmm. Indiana. Great place to grow up, bike around town, go absolutely everywhere. If you want to say you're a Hoosier. There is nothing wrong with that. We have family I just, who are Hoosiers. I, I know, but You're if you alienating had the your choice, own family. I don't know why you would choose Scott, it. Scott, we love you. Chris, yeah. Noemi, we love you. Yeah. But <laughs> if you're going to... Hey. Okay, so we're not normally going to do hard cuts in this one, but I had to do a hard cut there because I actually said something that I wasn't allowed to give away. Family news. Family yeah. news. It's so, nothing, nothing shocking. So we're cutting that. Even though I don't think any of them will be listening, I'm just going to be very mindful. Our of family that. loves us. They're all going to listen. Yes. So... Uh, but yeah, so that was the hard cut. So we love you, Hoosiers. Yes, we do. In your own way. And you don't need to make up little caveats for it. We love the bless Hoosiers. Bless your heart. Hey. <laughs> All right, for those of you who aren't Southern <laughs> by nature, man, you're just being harsh. Let's move on. I spent four years of my life proudly in Indiana, I made some bless great your friends. Heart. And uh, grew up in a community where you could ride your bike around and go up to the ice cream shop. You know, and Owensboro was like that, too. Yeah. And that's on the right side of the river. I'm shaking just, my head, folks. I'm yeah, just shaking my I'm, head. I just want to put it out there that you didn't have to live in Indiana to and get And you know what? Experience. In San Diego, none of this makes any difference to anybody else. Nope. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so we both grew up in uh, the northern central areas of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we're here. Yeah, and we things are happened here. in between. Yeah, a lot happened in between. Uh, <laughs> so back to time in Tennessee. We married while we were still in college. We had one semester left. We crammed three, uh, four years of college into three and a half. And like I timed it to where like I had the painfully easy classes left. Like I was taking safety ed. Mm-hmm. I had individual and dual sports, in which I was the bowling. only student in the class. So that was very interesting, like going golfing and mm-hmm. bowling and all of those things. But it was required for graduation. Yeah. So they couldn't drop it because it wouldn't be op- offered again till the following fall. Right. And uh, then geographies. Like I had like the easiest semester and six hours. I only had of my... 12 hours that last semester. I was working yeah. though too. Was internship. Yeah. Too. So it was like, it was, yeah, it was a very easy semester. My part time job at Circuit City. Paid all the bills. It's like, wow. $295 a month for rent, folks. Yeah. It's like, insane. That's 19, that's 1990s dollars that. right there. I would so love to go back to that. Like, wow. Yeah. We had one six inch drawer in our kitchen. You couldn't even put a silverware divider in it. You yeah. couldn't open the fridge and okay. the stove at the same so time. So maybe I don't want that exact apartment. Oh, okay. But okay. let's scale it up at that cost per square foot. Does you can sound? do that math if you want to and yeah. put those notes in the uh, description. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, so I'm that good. would be nice if we could do that. <laughs> so we graduated mm-hmm. with degrees. Yep. Um, that happened. So I can say that I have a degree. Um, I'm only using part of it you know, currently, that I do have a minor in coaching. Right. And so I still use that a ton. Even you've, though never, like, you've never stopped coaching. Yeah. You did immediately at, out of college. You went into actual coaching, coaching yeah, teams. Yeah, I coached and, sports. And then yeah. um, I've applied that, though, into different areas. Right. You know, that, you know, I'm a natural coach mm-hmm. for people in whatever their endeavor is. Well, and you took a lot of postgraduate 
volunteer mm-hmm. college level courses and that sort of yeah. stuff. Uh, on volunteering. On volunteer and management. On volunteer management, yeah. Uh, and handling what that looks like because mm-hmm. that is very different than managing employees. Right. And even though I don't have a business degree, I don't even have an art degree. Right. I have 24 hours, though, in humanities mm-hmm. on my transcript. So that. Shout you, out to Milligan. Yeah. So I do have quite a bit of that kind of world built into my education, but it was. And I love not that's that a part of who art. we are. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where we came from mm-hmm. with this. We moved back to Louisville after getting married. We both got to work together, right. which was really cool. You know, not many couples work together. Yeah. Now, it wasn't like we were starting a business then. We both taught at the same school. Right. And we were, I was elementary PE and he was... Middle school. Yeah. We're seventh graders, graders, man. Yeah. So our, my gym and his classroom were really close. So yeah. we had lunch together every day, yeah. got to drive to and from together. Our hours mm-hmm. were the same. So that was really neat to get to do that. Yeah. Uh, then because it was a private school and we were making private school teacher salary, which first year teacher private school is not a yeah, lot. You don't make a whole lot. No. Um, Very yeah. emotionally fulfilling. I yeah. love doing what I did, but it was tight. I actually did not love what I was doing. And that <laughs> really show, like, showed me that that was not where I should be. I right. had like the most perfect setup and I just did not like that your job thing. at all. That's totally fine. And it's one of those like, I have to be mm-hmm. in something that is fulfilling right. in me. Or I just, ugh, I, I can't bring right. myself to do it. Like I forced and, um, but when we had our son... There was I wasn't making enough salary mm-hmm. to cover daycare, right for him. So it kind of presented itself that low income family. Yeah. So yep. I stayed home. You were working two jobs. Mm-hmm. That did not work well either. No, I was working seventy to eighty hours a week. We had a newborn, and my wife was all alone. Yeah. With him at home, I was not getting to be a good dad or husband. And uh, so that was a rough time. And then mm-hmm. you ended up leaving the school. And that was when you like had your first church job, right? Working in uh, the nonprofit well, sector in that. Well, like full first time, full time yeah. is going to actually pay the bills. And I started working in churches when I was eighteen. Yeah, but they were expecting a college kid to be working right. for them, not like an right. actual professional. Right. You right. know, there's a difference in the expectation mm-hmm. there, big time. Yeah. Uh, and so we moved out of Louisville for a little bit, mm-hmm. out to little bedroom community, lived out there, and. Three ki- we had three kids uh-huh. You know, by the time it was over. Not that we had three more. We ended up with three. A total of three. A total of three. They're two years apart. So there was a point where we had four, two, and new. Mm-hmm. And that was an adventure. That is your job. Yeah. And that last year, we were out there. I decided to get out of the house. I had been doing the craft fair circuit <laughs> a little bit. And it was kind of like seeing mm. behind the curtain on that yep. in a lot of ways. And that... People will have these beautiful dreams of going to craft fairs and, oh, I've made these wonderful things and I'm going to make so much money. And then, you, you know, the they sit people. there and they maybe sell three items. They the might cover time. their booth fee. Yeah. Like it's, and so the people making the money on those are the people running the craft fairs, not the right. crafters at them right. typically. Now, there are the exception, but. From what I saw, mm-hmm. that was the main. And we were some pretty solid shows. I mean, and, but it was just it's it's a hard existence. Yeah. And so if an opportunity presented itself for me to then be at an art uh, collaborative kind of studio, where you rented <laughs> space from them to have a spot there, and the rent wasn't much. No. 
and they had these beautiful dreams. It was an old bacon That's it. plant. There Melwood. it is. Melwood bacon. Melwood Art Center. And it no, was, it did not smell like bacon. It didn't, but huge amount of square footage cavernous, under roof. Cavernous I mean, it's space. crazy huge. how so much big. space is in this, this, this area. And the idea was incredible. Mm-hmm. But it kind of like, when I was there, it was like it had kind of stalled out right. before they got to see their dream accomplished. Yeah. And they were dealing with artists, which is its own can of worms. Because they had this deep idea of a working collaborative. Like mm-hmm. people are coming in in their individual spaces and it's open air idea. So you can see in and you would see all these people creating and doing things. Most people who got a space there would show up like for the first month regularly. Mm-hmm. And then you might see them once or twice again before their lease ran out the next year. Right. Well, and people would come in and they would, artists don't, most artists don't work standard business hours. No. People create, some of them is first thing in the morning. Some people, they come in at 11 o'clock at night and they create overnight in that space. And most of the people there, it was a side hustle. Mm -hmm. This wasn't their nine to five job. No. Uh, Now, it was One guy was living in his booth. Yeah, that was its own thing that was not allowed, but. uh, But he did. Then I learned a lot, though, while I was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started working with the other tenants who were showing up regularly. Mm-hmm. We kind of formed our own little group, right. which was really cool. We promoted our for an event together. And that was, like, my first, like, experience in actually bringing a group together right. and seeing what community could be. It was in the very early stages of social media, Facebook, and what that could be used. And that was our first right. like, Facebook event that we yeah. pushed. And we were, and, and it was so cool to see yeah. how this little event and that we spent a whole $20 on. Yep. Thanks to you guys at Hound Dog Hound Press. Dog Press, we, we covered yep. your costs because you yep. printed up our um, invites for it. And I still have my invite that from that event. Like really? I saved it, yeah. Oh, we need to frame that, dude. And um, I loved because it was just so special to me that this yeah. was my idea and I saw it through. And that that $20 mm-hmm. tripled the amount of people that came through right. on one day. Yeah. And we actually saw imme- like what fairly immediate be. results yeah. because it was the difference. Of, like it took a month to get it together. Mm-hmm. Boom. Right. And beautiful Saturday. And so that was – I learned that. Then – we moved back to Louisville, and we had some life changes where mm-hmm. we made the decision that I had enough space in that house to move my studio home. Right. Which, at the time, was the necessary one. Do I mm-hmm. think that helped my creativity? No. No. You were isolated again. I was isolated. And um, creating an isolation will work for a little bit. Like, you'll uh-huh. have this temporary boost because, like, you're super productive because, like, oh, I'm not getting distracted. I'm yeah. able to do it. I didn't have to drive to get over here. And then all of a sudden, or not all of a sudden, but it's this gradual decrease right. then in what you're able to create when you're creating mm-hmm. in isolation in a vacuum like that. But at the same time, my life was changing because that was when the kids were, Jeremiah was going to be in second grade. Joel was in her in kindergarten. Grace was still two, getting ready to turn three. And we made the decision to homeschool, so that my life shifted mm-hmm. at that point, and that you had a full time job. <laughs> yeah, my they needed my attention at yeah. that point. It wasn't an easy decision, but what our options were at that time, 
the schools that they were going to be going to because they were going to have to go to neighborhood schools because of when we were moving, the test scores were awful, mm-hmm. was not going to be like super conducive for their success. Right. And we figured, well, we both had education backgrounds, so there's a good chance that we could do this, right. that we should be able to teach our children. Mm-hmm. And so we started school that year in July. And then we just gave in case it was rough, in case it was awful, we gave ourselves some buffer send, time. Yeah, they could go. I could still enroll them, yeah. and we weren't they weren't going to miss any school. Right, right. So we walked through that for seven years. Yeah, it worked great for us. Homeschooling is not for everybody, but it worked great for us. Because of that time, I really learned what it was to be a lifelong learner. Mm-hmm. Because it's not as a homeschool mom, homeschool teacher that you know everything mm-hmm. when you go in. But you have to learn it alongside them. Right. I got to explore different things like in art. Like I really got a big grasp on art history through this Mm -hmm. time. And what I, you know, learning that and learning some theory and learning so much Mm -hmm. and all that. And we were involved with co-op so that the kids weren't in like isolation. They were far from that. Right. Our kids had a lot of social interaction. And that was a neat time. And that was a lot more of that fell on me. You were in a new job at that point. Right. And through that, with even, increasing responsibility, over and time. that yeah. yeah, that job increased greatly in responsibility and put you basically at the head. Mm-hmm. So that was life for several years. Mm-hmm. But in that time, I started a YouTube channel. Yeah, and you pushed me to do that. I'm not going to say that it was something that I was like seeking. You know, he was pushing me <laughs> to do it. We started off experimenting on Periscope. Yeah, so that I could get used to creating with a camera Mm -hmm. on me. Doing this. Yeah. Um, Getting over the fear of messing up Mm -hmm. with a camera on you. and It's one of those things you just have to get used to that. Right. I'm not going to say that there's a magic formula other than keep doing it. (laughs) Learning not to care. (laughs) Yeah. Just just keep going. In a good way. And that was a really neat time Mm -hmm. because we had to work together on that one. Mm -hmm. You were the only one at that moment who had any video editing mm-hmm. experience. Now, it was on iMovie. It's not like in fancy programs. Right. And so we started that channel literally with an iPhone 4 right. and iMovie. Yeah. And I look back at it, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Well, if you remember back in college, I, the files are long gone at this point. I'm yeah. sure PowerPoint is just maxed out where it's not even a thing. But um, Andy and I had made a show opener that yeah. we were going to try and get on public access with mm-hmm. back in college. And I had manipulated PowerPoint pretty much to its breaking point. To, to do animation. To do animations and to have a good TV intro mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So I've always messed around with that sort of stuff. Um, but no, this was, our, this was still new territory. And uh, as we were going through that, I'm still homeschooling and doing YouTube, mm-hmm. heading up a nonprofit in Louisville, too, mm-hmm. as a volunteer. Right. It was part of a national group, but working with that. And so that was a lot of responsibility. How many counties were you in charge of? Seven. Seven counties worth of volunteers. Yeah. And uh, it was a little overwhelming, but <laughs> made it through. Then yeah. we made the choice to put the children in school. Mm-hmm. And that was a big decision right. to make. The timing was right. We'd the always said. The timing was right. But financially, it was it was a lot. Right. Because the, we were putting them in a private school. And it was a small school, which was great. It right. was like the perfect transition mm-hmm. from being at home. Our daughter only had eight in her class. Right. Four girls, four boys. It was a good first step. And so it was a great transition because we didn't know what was going to come at that point. Because here we are, still living. We've been in the same mm-hmm. house for almost eight years at this point. Yeah. You know, like that's a long time to live in one house. So we were very settled, creating, mm-hmm. doing everything. I had a beautiful studio. Yeah. 
that actually I'm looking around this room that we're recording in, and my studio was bigger than this room. Right. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, wow. It I was. wouldn't want to try to soundproof that room. No, it, it had windows. Big. It was but, too big and had windows. Oh, the windows were great though for natural light. I had incredible natural light in that mm. room. They went to school. I started creating more, and that's when like my YouTube channel, like that summer, mm-hmm. I had my first spike. And that was really interesting to see mm-hmm. what a spike. Now, for those of you who do not know, let me backtrack just a little bit. That YouTube channel is not like some beautiful vlog or like mainstream type channel. No, no, it's very niche. It is an very ultra niche. niche in which I honestly show people how to color in adult coloring books. Mm-hmm. It is that simple of a channel. It's got a little over 6,000 subs. It's been monetized since day one. Now, in the early days of YouTube, and I'm going back early days, I'm meaning two years ago. <laughs> earlier um, days. In the earlier days of YouTube, you could monetize from the day like you started, like if you were verified and they knew that you were a real person. <laughs> you were a real person. Um, you, but it meant that you had to look at this because you have to wait till you get $100 in your AdSense count before mm. you get a check. Right. So I started doing the math. Like, and watching as views came in. Now, I'm getting, like, 9, 10 views a day when we start. I mean, this is not much. Right. 30 subs, all excited. Like, it's actually, like, starting to do something. I remember when I got my first comment. It was, like, so exciting. Like, the comment. And <laughs> it was actually, actually nice. There. I would do the math. And when I first did the math do on, the like, math. how long it was going to take to see my YouTube check at the rate I was going, it was mm-hmm. 200 years. Yay. <laughs> Our grandchildren's so the grandchildren. The people who are complaining that you have to wait till you get a hundred or a thousand subs, that's the kind of math you're looking at mm-hmm. to get that hundred dollar check. It's it not worth really, your time to even no. worry about it before that. Um, focus on other things. Mm-hmm. Focus on growing that sub list and yep. getting your brand established and who you are and what you're going to create and focus on all of that. Mm-hmm. And then I had a video that for a thirty sub channel. And I get in this, my first air quotes for this, went viral. Now, it did not actually go viral. <laughs> it went micro viral. But for somebody who had 30 subs, it was like it, it was, was huge. doing that. Yeah. I remember like suddenly going from having like maybe 10 to 30 views in a day to 120 views in a day. Yeah. And that was, whoa. That's this is nuts. like, That's crazy. It, was, it was crazy. And this, this video was like getting views and was even like approaching a thousand views. She went out and bought a Lamborghini? No. (laughs) (laughs) My time to seeing a check went from through that little transition, Mm -hmm. went from 200 years Uh to a little over two years. Yeah. Okay. So I watched that growth. That's a big jump. So I'm like, yes, I will see a check in two years if I keep this up. Yeah. Now the amount of hours I'm putting in, you don't want to know what that pathetic pay rate would be. Yeah. Because it really is next to nothing. Folks, remember, your time is worth money. Yeah. And so kept creating, kept putting content out there. And then I had a, a video. That was in June that mm-hmm. that first little jump happened. Right. Then in October, I had a second jump. That and was that, the big one. That was the big one. That's when I suddenly went from, you know, 200 views in two days to 5,000 views in two days. Mm-hmm. And that was... That was a crazy quick rise. Mm -hmm. And I remember because I was just hopping on my analytics nonstop because it was like every time I checked, it was growing and it was growing and it was growing. And I was like, oh, my goodness, how much is this going to grow? You can't not watch at that point. Yeah. And I got my first check. 
Right. You know, I got that first hundred dollar check. <laughs> and so Thank you, I had gotten an iPhone six uh-huh. in that transition. Then I got my first DSLR yeah. and got to record and was learning like, oh, this is really cool. And then yeah. as then that transition then started happening through that fall, the ne- your job was changing. Right. And we were hitting a point that we kind of knew we were going to be leaving Louisville. Mm-hmm. So at the same time this is happening, we're right. personally dealing in this other side. And so there was a lot of good and a lot of hard happening, right. but well, unrelated and, to each other. Right. And we were we were building up. The kids were getting older, and we were getting to a point where we were saying, let's, let's go have an adventure. And we were blessed to be at the point financially that we could consider that. Right. You know, that a cross-country move wasn't, you know— could wasn't, happen. Wasn't absolutely insane. Not that we like had a ton of money. That is not what I'm saying no, at all. No, no, no. But we it weren't was, paycheck to paycheck. Right. We had enough in savings that we could time say, ever. Yeah. okay, if we need to live off of this for six months, we can. Right. You know, that was where we were. As your job, we knew your job was going to be ending. Didn't have like a date, but kind of knew that that was going to no, happen. I, just, I knew that what, what was going on there kind of yeah. it, it kind of run its course. And, and it was we just were, time. We started looking, mm-hmm. like to start figuring out where do we want to go if we're going to have an adventure. Oh, my goodness. And... The world opened up. Literally, like we had people that wanted us to go work with refugees in Sicily. Which would have been super cool. Yeah. We had Portland, we had Austin, we had mm-hmm. a lot of cities that were options. Right. You know, North Carolina was an option at one point. We just had so many options. As your job ended, and then we kind of are hitting a point that we need to make a decision. Right. Because we do need to start making some money, you know, to pay rent, and, or not rent at the <laughs> and time, I was, a mortgage. And but during that time, I was working at Best Buy. Yeah. We needed to yeah. feed kids. We needed, yeah. you know. And it was so, not, it was a tide you over while you wait to sort of thing. It was not yeah. a long term. And the only place that was still left in the running was San Diego. Right. So we're like, okay, yes, we're going to San Diego. Right. Uh, and we made that decision, and we sold Almost everything. Ninety six percent of what we now, granted, we've been now at this point we've been married almost twenty years. Yeah, and it's been almost two years, so eighteen years of marriage. We had some stuff. We had a you, lot of handouts. You just have so much stuff. And we had boxes we hadn't even opened in that house um, that we had to get rid of. We knew moving from Louisville, Kentucky, to here, mm-hmm. we were not going to have the same size place. Oh no, not in a long shot. Were we going to be in the same size? Twenty six hundred square foot southern home does yeah. not exist, and so. Our furniture yeah. wouldn't work. So it was no. like, why are we going to try to figure out how to move that furniture across country? No. At the cost that it is mm-hmm. when there's Ikea. Right. And all honesty. You know, like we can go, even if we need to get something in between. Right. We can do that. It's going to be okay. And it'll make more sense. Mm-hmm. So we did a lot of yard sales. We donated a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, moved. <laughs> there's a lot up. of refugees in Louisville sitting on our furniture. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad for that. And we ended up moving with my Jeep, mm-hmm. a U-Haul trailer. A pull behind. Yeah, just the pull behind. Yeah. And a 1981 Chevy Jamboree. Mm-hmm. That's an RV. Yeah. It yeah. sounds like it would be like a blast of a road trip. We found out and we're not the, RV people. The first day was. The first, <laughs> first day, day went pretty was well. Other went than, to St. Louis, went to the City Museum, yeah. had a good time. And um, then the next day we get up. And the tires blow. Well, I'm I'm gonna go back just a little <laughs> bit. So we had this great evening. Then the whole we don't have a bathroom, and I have to get up and walk. I mean, there is a bathroom in the RV, but it's just the whole idea of using the bathroom in the RV. And yeah, but then having to walk, you know, in your jammas. Yeah, to, across the and yard. The shower. 
Mm-hmm. With storing your skate, with storing skateboards, skateboards, uh, camp chairs, uh-huh. big things. Yeah, yeah, we're in there, so it was. It would be a lot of work to try to use the shower space. Yeah. While that seemed like this beautiful romantic idea, we also did not plan on the fact that the Chevy Jamboree could only go fifty-five miles an hour. Yeah, and we we'd intentionally planned a little over a week to drive across country, show the kids some uh-huh. cool stuff. You know, go. We wanted to go to Roswell and the Grand Canyon and. See a bunch of things. So we went Amarillo, Oklahoma yeah. City. You know, we had a lot of cool stuff. Albuquerque. Yeah, we saw Albuquerque. We mm-hmm. actually liked Albuquerque a lot yeah. compared to for cities. But because that only went that speed, our beautiful eight-hour days that we had planned mm-hmm. for driving. We'll drive for eight hours. We'll be um, done. We'll chill out. Suddenly turned into 12 to 14-hour drives. Which is miserable. Which means that you get up, you drive, and you park, and you're exhausted, and you're cranky, and you're living you on fast food. You learn to love food. each other at a much deeper level. And so, like, everybody's <laughs> just in a horrible mood. Uh, the fun, fun part, now, we, but we knew we were in the home stretch. We were heading to 29 Palms. We drove yeah. through the Mojave Desert, folks, and it was the end of July, beginning yeah. of August. It's 115 degrees. It's a dry heat. But it's 115 degrees, and we're in the RV, and there is no air conditioning. No, not when it's And driving. so the windows are down. Yeah, when you're plugged in, it's great. It's like a meat locker. But when you're driving, there's yeah. nothing. And so we just had all the windows down and uh, the good old crank windows. And we just kept drinking water, drinking water, drinking water the whole time. And 29 Palms at 98 degrees that night watching uh, Fantastic Beasts on the side of the That was a building. really nice night. That was a nice night. It felt good again. We were just sitting, and yeah. be, we were able to relax at that location. As a family. And it had a shorter drive yeah. that day. I think had all of the days kind of had that mm-hmm. rhythm to it, it would have been a little bit better. I would have. We couldn't like leave the U-Haul trailer wherever we parked. No, because it didn't have the little wheel thing by the hitch. The so one, that, the one we got didn't have all. It wasn't whole. And yeah. so you couldn't like leave it. So we had to pull that everywhere. And then we went through Joshua Tree, and we came into San Diego. But when we got here, we didn't have an apartment lined up. We knew when we got here, we'll land, get here, then we'll get that figured out. And some awesome people here in town had secured a uh, a hotel for us for a week. So we had a nice place to stay. Well, I said nice. Yes. It was was, was was a place that was not the RV, and that's what mattered. And that was nice. We had a bathroom. Mm -hmm. I will celebrate a bathroom. Yep. And a working mini fridge. The fridge in the RV did not work either. Yeah. We found a place, and it worked. It yeah. was nice, but we crammed five people into two bedrooms and, and eight, teenagers. And like eight, 800, 850 square feet. Yeah, it was not big. It was right. not fancy. We were thankful It for was it. clean. Yeah. It, you know. There was a pool. Yeah. Easy access to the trolley line for me to get to work. And because we did move out here with just the one vehicle. Mm-hmm. On purpose. Yeah. Yeah. But we learned a lot about our family in that time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just seeing how close we were. Right. You know, we'd always done things together. Like, no matter what, the kids were there with us. And I go back to my time at Melwood. Jeremiah would come with me. Mm-hmm. And he was six at the time. And I was teaching him about business then. Right. He would come and sell waters on the special event nights. Yeah, he would. And yep. I had him pay for the water out of his previous time's earnings. Mm-hmm. And then he got to keep what he made. Right. You know, everything he made. And so he was learning that I can put in this cost, Been raising put in this work, and then I can see a return on it. <laughs> right, right, right. And that's what I was just trying to show him, the basics, very basic. You know, and I mean, he was. He was buying bottles of water and selling yeah. them for 50 cents a piece. So when we say the kids were always around, we are not. We are the opposite of helicopter parents. Right. We're not negligent, but we're the opposite. We desire to create independence for our right. children. 
and we want to stretch them and grow them. And we got to let them see us being adults mm-hmm. and get to feel the independence of you can do this too. There's no yeah. reason you can't do this. You don't have to wait till you're older. Right. No, do it now. And uh, so I'm hoping you know that they are realizing that it's not a matter of you're going to be a value member of society when you grow up. You yeah. are you a valuable member of the right. society now. Mm-hmm. There's so a lot of becoming choice. in yeah. life, but there are certain things you don't have to become. You mm-hmm. are. Now, going back to the Louisville, while I was doing that YouTube channel, I there was so much I had to learn. Mm-hmm. We've, we talked about how you were doing the editing. I now do all of our editing. Yep. And I do it on Final Cut. That's what I learned. And that's the point where it feels weird for me because you're now doing something technical that I don't know how to do because <laughs> I've never used Final Cut. And I'm sitting here going, I need to learn how yeah. to use Final Cut. I, I got my fancy um, MacBook Pro. And motion. That and... can do it. Yeah, I can do all those things. Yeah. But I, along the way, I was taking notes as to what was difficult. Mm-hmm. What was hard on those? What do I wish I would have? Like, Because it would have been great to have somebody who could either show me how to do a camera, use the camera, mm-hmm. or I could just come in and film and focus on what I was good at. Right. Not have to learn all of the side pieces, too. As I was taking those notes, I had the idea for a place where you could come in, rent equipment, and you could do it like at a DIY level. Like, mm-hmm. I might not need somebody to work the camera for me because I know how to work a camera. Right. I might not need somebody to mix sound. I may have my own camera. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking for room to record in that has the right backdrops, or I need matched up with somebody right. who can do this too. And so that's where the idea for the studio came from. Mm-hmm. And I really thought I was going to open it in Louisville. Right. I had an idea for that, but then as everything changed, now we're in San Diego. Right. And I've got three teenagers that need to adjust. <laughs> and so, I, you know, Life I had a, pops in yeah, I had a yeah. year where I was making sure that everybody moved here in a healthy way. Yeah. And it was a hard year. Mm-hmm. It was really hard. Well, I, yeah. I mean, you're literally leaving everything you've ever known behind. Friends, family, anything that was familiar is mm-hmm. now gone, and you're starting completely over. You know, you don't even know where the grocery store is. You have to learn all of that. And when you do, it's the wrong grocery store. Yeah. It's, it doesn't feel right. <laughs> it's, it's not my grocery store. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So and make and trying to make new friends and just feeling really lonely. Mm-hmm. Nothing feels right. Yeah. You know, it doesn't look right outside. It doesn't like nothing. Everything's off. Right. And so a year before that was starting to be normal again. Mm-hmm. In that time, though, I was still creating on my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. I took a couple of breaks here and there. Right. Just because mental sanity and I needed space. You have space. to build margin for yourself. Because I was. I was dealing with depression again through that time. Mm-hmm. Letting myself heal. Right. And giving myself space to heal mm-hmm. when I needed to heal. And that's hard to do. And I'm not great at it. I'm not. I'm Even though I'm talking about it right now, I'm not going to pretend that I'm perfect at right. that. When it came time to start creating again and life started making space for that, started working around with the idea for the opening the studio. Mm-hmm. Still didn't have a name for it. You know, I thought maybe it would be an extension mm-hmm. of Grace and Lottie's. That's my art channel's name. Uh, and it is now a media company mm-hmm. separate from Beta House. Grace and Lottie's Media has my Grace and Lottie's channel and the Dailyest Show. Which is our separate this. talk show that's yeah. more fun stuff. And so I had those, mm-hmm. you know, there. And we didn't do, we Dailyish actually came later. Mm-hmm. It came after Beta House had a name. We moved into San Diego. We were out in La Mesa. We actually got a house. We're renting it, but it's a f- normal size house. Right. Three bedrooms. Mm-hmm. Our kids are not all sharing a room. No. And that was super important that our daughter gets some space. And in that time, from even 
moving here to now, it hasn't at times seemed like the straightest of paths. Nope. Because you originally had a job out here, mm -hmm. and then that turned out to not be the right long-term right path. Right. And it got us here, though, and we yeah. totally feel like we are where we're supposed to be. And I love being here. Yeah. No question. And Zero regrets. Our opportunities here are so much greater mm -hmm. than they would have been in Louisville. I have right. made so many incredible contacts. In Louisville, I did not know another single YouTuber right. in person. And here they are. And here I know several. I know several podcasters. I've met. If so we have to go up to the spaces in L.A., we can't. I mean, yeah. it's not unreachable. Yeah, because YouTube yeah. came out with its spaces idea, but. It's not designed for a small creator. No. I wanted a studio space no. that could be used by a small creator. Right. Who wants to experiment and mm -hmm. try and figure out who they are. And you have to already arrived to a point. Yeah. And to most YouTubers, yeah. the numbers that you have to have to get in there, that's like, it seems I insane. have arrived. Yeah. You know, to hit 10,000 subs. Yeah. Oh my, yeah, like you're doing well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which in YouTube land, in the grand scheme, is still a very small creator right. at 10,000 mm -hmm. now in these days. As this idea grew and your things were coming to an end and did come to an end, it hit at a great time because suddenly my idea for this studio mm -hmm. went from kind of a slow pace to becoming a reality right. to like the accelerator was hit in such a way. <laughs> we put a brick on the gas pedal. <laughs> that Get suddenly it went from yeah. like, oh, I, I have legal done, next yeah. I'm working on this step, and then this step. Yeah. And because there were suddenly two of us, it was like, oh, my word. Yeah. It was like we went from idea working at the kitchen table to, to in a space in less than a month yeah. from you coming on. And it's been great. I mean, it really is. You're been, welcome. Yeah, I'm, I'm so appreciative <laughs> of what all you've done because I know where my strengths are. Yeah. And you... I'm great at ideas. Mm -hmm. I can come up with a hundred ideas. And I'm great at implementation. Yeah. I will stagnate on those ideas. Mm -hmm. And you saw me when we were both still working on separate things, sitting, staring like, I'm still trying to get this business plan put together. Right. I have to work on the business plan again today. And I'm like right. trudging my way through it mm -hmm. and so slow because I still had so much in my head that had to get done too. Right. And because you've taken some of that stuff out, I have room to do. Yeah. The numbers, the plans, the yeah. ideas, the stuff. And mm -hmm. that's been great. Like, I can come up with 100 blog post ideas. Maybe one will get written. Right. You are good about taking the ideas and then making them right. pretty. Well, and I remember I had to, and you guys don't know this, I had to create content for a whole year at a shot. Mm -hmm. And so, like, not just one piece of content for a week, but, yeah. like, three pieces of content plus the, uh, you know, production and presentation, all the key pieces that went mm -hmm. along with and I loved it. I mean, because that that's the way my brain works. That's mm -hmm. the way I'm wired is to handle that sort of thing. And so taking content from an idea into reality, mm -hmm. that's my wheelhouse. And so while it seems like this path has been all kind of twist and turn, the mm -hmm. other day I was thinking about it in that we like to look at life in two dimensions. Right. And I have to wonder what happens when you look at life in three dimensions. Okay. You know, if you're going through life, and you're winding, maybe it's that you're following the valley through mm -hmm. and avoiding some mountains. Sure. I just hit my mic. Sorry. I'm talking with my hands, those of you listening on the podcast and not seeing the video. <laughs> I do that a lot. Um, and in looking back, while it may have seemed like at the time, where in the world am I going? I can't see mm -hmm. anything. Maybe it was on the shortest path. Right. And I just didn't realize it at that time. Yeah. And so that's what I'm holding to right now. I will let you know that. That. 
you know, in all of this, I really mm-hmm. feel like I am where I'm supposed to be, mm-hmm. that we have been given incredible people to work with. Mm-hmm. We and met some amazing people here. In San Diego. I am blown awesome. away after every meeting we have. Yeah. I am. And I'm I'm humbled in right. that I get to think I get to work with these people. Yeah. And the people that once we sit down and we share our heart, and we kind of talk about what the studio is about and what our what our plan is. Mm-hmm. They number one, they buy in. Yeah, they want to partner. They want to be part of it, and they start trying to figure out ways that they can uh, turn things around for us and be a help or serve or open up leads. And they want to see it go because they understand the value of it. And that while we're one studio right now, Mm -hmm. and I love this little space. Yeah, and it's just the first space. And in five years, this Uh little space will hold an incredible place in our hearts. Yeah. It's going to grow. Yeah. I know it is. It's not a matter of when, if. It's when. Yeah, it's when and how fast do we want to go. Right. Um, because we want to work with people. Mm-hmm. We want to be there. We want, you know, we want to see others succeed. And yeah. that's what we're working towards. Mm-hmm. And we have a story. Mm-hmm. And this is only a little snippet of our story. You know, right. as long as it's been uh, the past 43 minutes as we've talked this, <laughs> told this story, it is a matter of. It's only one part. Right. And how many other stories are there out there? Oh, yeah. Just waiting to be told. Right. And I want to hear those stories. Mm-hmm. I want to get them out there. I want these stories to be heard. Yeah. And gathering stories in, in human existence is a time-tested, long-running exercise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's so much value that comes from collecting stories and redistributing the stories because it's part of what we live. Mm-hmm. It's part of what we thrive on. Yeah. You know, I learned in Melwood, you know, the beauty of being in a team mm-hmm. and seeing how when everybody got out of their own individual spaces and started working together, what could be accomplished. Oh, sure. I've learned that in my YouTube life, that when I was trying to create on my own, it was really, really difficult. And mm-hmm. once started reaching out, create creating became a joy. Right. It became fun. It mm-hmm. became something that I could thrive in. I could grow. I could see other people grow with me. What that comes to is I love the phrase, jack of all trades, master of none, Mm -hmm. because, yeah, you can learn a hundred things, but you're never going to master one. And it's okay to like know a bunch of stuff, but I would love to say, I know this area and I am going to go all in on this area Mm -hmm. because I can. And if you build a team, you get to do that. Right. You get to be the expert in what you are wired to be the expert in. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to manage everything, you're just going to be scatterbrained trying to manage this and this and this because there's always going to be another piece of gear to know. There's always going to be another editing trick that you need to know. Software's always updating. Mm-hmm. You know, all of those things that you suddenly have to be on top of, that doesn't leave room for you to be on top of what your passion was in the first place. Right. And so I want you to have room to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And so that's where that phrase comes into yeah. our lives here. You know, and maybe through our story and us getting to share that, you heard where we took risks. Right. It was a risk moving cross country. Mm-hmm. It was a risk deciding to go all in and starting our own business. Right. You know. We like to do hard things. We could, you know, you could go work <laughs> for somebody else and you have some stability, even though I've kind of learned that not even that world has a lot of stability. Right. I mean, just look BuzzFeed, let go a bunch of people, like all of these companies that you like think are big and established, right. you know, like they've made it. Yeah. No, they're still, there's still a degree of uncertainty that comes yeah. with everything. Not being afraid to take that risk mm-hmm. and saying, I'm going to step out. I'm going to try this. I am going to give it a go because right. I want to give it a go. And you're not going to regret that. Yeah. 
And I am so thankful that we have. Yeah. You know, even if this were to stop today, mm-hmm. I would be thankful that we tried Absolutely. and we took the risk Absolutely. and that we went for it. Yeah. What percentage of people become college athletes? Two percent. And what percentage of those people actually become pro athletes? Any idea? I don't know off the top probably, of my head, but I think it's like 0.8. 0.8% of, of that 2%. Those are probably really old numbers, right. but I, it's somewhere around in that. And how many people take a business from an idea to 2%. a... 2%. 2%, yeah. Uh-huh. Actually, yeah. we'll open their small business. Yeah, and that's something we may look at a little bit later is, what you know, pro athletes that once they retire, they wind up becoming entrepreneurs I because they're wired that way. Just FYI, humble brag, I was a college athlete. <laughs> I was not humble brag. Uh, so... <laughs> um, but yeah, and so it's it, it's a unique pursuit, and it's one of those things later in life you don't want to say, "Well, I wish I would have tried." No, I'm giving. You know, this... it's like we're gonna we're gonna get after it, and we want to encourage you guys to get after it because you can. And we've involved the family with this. Yeah, you know, my kids are involved right now. They're uh, my kids, our kids. They are <laughs> our children. <laughs> it takes two to tango. <laughs> it is our children. You did a lot children. more in the carrying process, yeah. but yeah. Especially Jeremiah right now. He's mm-hmm. the oldest. He is involved and a he's lot. He's hardwired to be an entrepreneur. Right? Yeah, and he's, he's just... ready to go. And I hope that this just helps him learn. Yeah. And then Joel has some ideas and Grace has some ideas too. Yeah. And it's just neat getting to see them come. And if you go over to Dailyish, they've done some stuff with us yeah. there. They've been on camera. They each have their own different personalities, mm-hmm. which are very different from each other. And they're a lot of fun. It's so fun. But yeah, they're great. And they'll be involved with this. I'm going to do another video and it'll be a scripted video because I'm mm-hmm. getting like uh, B-roll for it. That's going to tell the story of my family and business. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, goodness. Uh, and so I'm. Ha- it's taking a little bit of work because I'm having to actually get somebody to go get the B-roll for me, so I don't have to fly to Kentucky. But um, <laughs> I need five minutes of footage. Let's and I fly. have I have people yeah. that can. I, <laughs> people, I have a person who can do that, and I I can trust them to do yeah. it well. And uh, so that's what's really yeah. cool with all of it. So I'm looking forward to getting to tell that story, but mm-hmm. it's going to be. I don't know when that video is going to come out no, just because okay. it's going to be a pretty video. It'll it's happen not going to be happens, a yeah. fast video. Yeah, you can be watching for that one. I, I'm really looking forward to that one. I'm geeking out a little bit right now mm-hmm. as I'm telling you about it. Um, You've got so, some fun stories wrapped up in there. So, I do. Yeah. And it will fill this one in a little bit more. But we wanted to give you the basic story about how Beta House has come to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I've there, and this really was just a snapshot. There's so much more. And we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, Not all at once. We can kind of break it down from here. And as we talk to different people who have been involved with our journey, you mm-hmm. know, too, that I would, they'll be on the show. So you'll mm-hmm. get more history with that, too. But that, I think that covers the basics of it. We're running up on yeah. our time. So I'm trying to be very mindful. We said we would be an hour in yep. staying in that. So yep. and that's totally fine. So I don't really have anything else to add at this point. We kind of we we covered points. everything. We had all the bullet points. How many bullet points? You have eight bullet points. We went from six bullet points to eight bullet points. Well, because I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything. <laughs> all right. That means next time we will have uh, 14 bullet points. Well, and then we're really going to have to set a timer for each boom, bullet boom, point boom. to yep. make sure we get them. <laughs> our next one, though, uh, mm-hmm. it will be a week away because right. we're gonna now we're going to be in our week setup, which was the original. Just to have once a week. Once a week. Out. Yeah. I wanted these first two to be close, so that's why they came out together in one week. They needed to kind of piggyback. So I didn't want them to be standalone episodes. But from the next two, though, we'll have guests, which Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to getting to do with guests. So that's going to be neat to get to hear some other stories about starting out and Mm -hmm. what that has looked like for them. And then also these will be people that were involved with our business. So be watching with that. We have not done our selfie yet for this episode. We've got to do our selfie. Yeah, but I, can I publish it again now, or do I have to wait? What's the? I would go ahead and say second episode down. You know, because we Two are recording these. Down. I'm All a right. batch recorder. That is the best way to record. Yeah, I'm a batch. 
we need to make it a little different because it looks almost exactly the same. All right. Uh, How are we going to make this different? Let's uh, pull the mics in so we can see the there. Mics. There Making mouth noises. I'm so sorry. Uh, I was like, that was pretty funny. So there we go. There's our yep. selfie in this. Um, we'll we put that out there later. We're having fun with that one, yep. getting to watch those that we are posting as we Episode are recording two. these. Yep. So if you are following us on social media, you will get to know that we're recording. Twitter, Instagram, else. and Facebook. Because you have to. Yep. Our sev- our 16-year-old, he's almost 17-year-old, is like, he is so not Facebook. He's so anti-Facebook. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. That's so, all right. Anyway, <laughs> so if you guys have a uh, have a great day, um, if you're local here in San Diego and you want to get together and talk about taking those next steps, it's just get started at betahouse.studio. Yeah, in the house, it's H A U S. House. Yeah. Yeah. So beta and house have the same number of letters. Yeah. But we would uh, love to start that conversation with you, help you take that risk, taking that first step mm-hmm. towards your journey of doing something new, doing something different, and uh, we we do believe you have something to say. Oh, definitely in. We're call- we're asking you to choose to be heard. That's right. That's the next line. Choose like, to be heard. Choose to be heard. Yeah. All right. So we'll see you next week. Bye.